0: word to Romans chapter 8. Scroll or open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 as we near the end of a series, New Life in Christ. And Today our reading begins where it did last week, Romans 8 verse 18.
1: I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. For
0: Well, that was last week's text.
1: You talked about groaning and glory.
0: Yes, I did. The Apostle Paul encourages us who groan in frustration, as does the whole created order, uh, waiting for God to make everything glorious forever.
1: There's more about groaning in this next paragraph.
0: And more encouragement, too.
1: In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God.
0: A businessman writes about a lesson he learned while working for a, a medium-sized corporation. He and other managers were in a meeting when the agenda brought them to this item the expenditure of fifty thousand dollars on new filing cabinets Uh, some departments had been waiting for months for their cabinets and in desperation they had combined their requests but it turns out that um, they didn't buy any filing cabinets that day instead the managers decided together to suspend normal business for half a day and initiated the first annual file inspection and clean out. Now the instructions were simple. Everybody was to go through every file folder and get rid of every superfluous piece of paper. And the guy telling this story says that he was admittedly one of the worst file cabinet hogs. He had four and ordered two more. But by the time he was done purging unnecessary paper, he was down to one filing cabinet. And so it went throughout the company and they ended up uh, auctioning off dozens of unneeded filing cabinets. That's a true story. But it seems to me that it would also make a good parable. A parable about prayer. Sometimes... We think we know what we need, and God knows otherwise. Sometimes we ask for more filing cabinets, a wider sphere of influence, more resources, more money. And God wants us to make do with what we've got and learn how to maximize it, use it efficiently for his glory. Sometimes we ask for more money, but he wants to teach us contentment. Sometimes we ask for uh, some prickly person to be removed from our lives, maybe into a different department in the company, and God wants to use that prickly person to stretch us and grow us. And of course, uh, it can work the other way. We may ask for the ability to endure, and God actually wants to take the burden off our shoulders. Or we ask for... Um, grace to endure pain. God wants to heal us. Either way, God does not always give us what we ask. And we should be glad. John Stott wrote, If the prayer promises of the Bible obligated God to say yes to whatever I ask, I for one would never dare to pray again. I don't have that much confidence in my wisdom. God does not always give us what we want when we pray. And today's text, Romans 8, 26 and 27, goes even further than that because there are times we don't even know what we want. It isn't only that we sometimes pray, God, this is what I'm asking, but your will be done. If this is not what you want, I want what you want. Um, Sometimes we we don't even know what we ought to pray. Should we pray that our 95-year-old mother gets well or that the Lord take her home? Should we ask God to fund our friend's project or because of some nagging doubt we've had, do we wonder if it's not a very good project anyway and maybe a lack of funds would redirect our friend? Do I pray that persecuted Christians would be um, rescued from tribulation or pray that they would endure? Should we pray to get out of a difficult work situation or pray for grace to live within it for God's glory? Should we reconcile ourselves to some grievance or let righteous anger energize action? (laughs) And any serious Christian will experience this kind of dilemma in prayer. Now, I say serious Christian because... If you're not serious about God's glory being manifest in your life and in our world, then you won't trouble yourself over what he wants. You'll just ask for what you want. Or if you don't have a whole lot of confidence that prayer changes things, then you will say, "Why well, get worked up about something that doesn't make any difference. And you may or may not pray. But if you long with all your heart for God's glory to be exhibited, God's work to be done, God's kingdom to be advanced, and you know that prayer does make a difference, that prayer changes things, then you will sometimes groan, I don't know what to pray. Well, here's some encouragement. In the same way, verse 26 of Romans 8, In the same way, stop right there, that might mean, Paul is saying, I have given you in the last couple of paragraphs some encouragement. Here's some more. Or it might mean, I have told you in the last two paragraphs that creation groans and we groan, and now I'm going to tell you that the Holy Spirit also groans. Uh, I'm not sure that it matters which meaning you take. I'm not sure it makes that much difference. Both may be true. In the same way, the Spirit. Who's that? Who's the Spirit he's talking about? It is the mighty third person of the Holy Trinity who dominates Romans chapter 8. The one who sets us free from the law of sin and death, verse 2. The new management under whom we govern our lives, verses 5 through 11. The one by whom God will transform our bodies into the likeness of Christ's resurrection body, verse 11. The one who leads us, verse 14. The one by whom we cry, Abba, Father, verse 15. God the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And we are weak, aren't we? Our prayers remind us of our weakness and how much we need God's help. You've probably heard this prayer. Dear God, so far today, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm very grateful for that. But God, in a few minutes, I'm going to get out of bed, and then I'm going to really need your help. (laughs) We need help. We're weak. And in this paragraph, Paul talks about one weakness in particular. We do not know what we ought to pray, or we do not know how we ought to pray. Translation difference doesn't make much difference. It amounts to the same thing. We're limited. We don't know everything. We can't foresee all possible outcomes should God do this or that. We're not even sure sometimes of our own motives in asking. We're prone to discouragement. We grow tired of trying to figure it all out. And aren't you glad that God helps us instead of scolding us? <laughs> he doesn't say, well, you should know What to pray for, you numbskulls? He doesn't say, What am I supposed to do with your confused, half-hearted, inarticulate, flip-flopping prayers? Don't bug me. No, he gives us his Holy Spirit to help us. With some prayers. Some prayers. There are prayers that the Holy Spirit is not going to help us with, gracious though he is. A student hands in a test paper and prays, Dear God, please let Paris be the capital of England. Um, The Holy Spirit's not going to help you with that prayer. James chapter 3 says that sometimes our prayers go unanswered because we ask with the wrong motives. Jesus taught us to pray, first of all, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that trumps everything else. So if we aren't willing to subject our desires to God's to count more weighty, more important His agenda than our own, to do everything for the glory of God, well, then we may find that we don't get the Spirit's help in such prayers. The Bible says, whatever you do, eat, drink, drink, Surely it would include praying we do for the glory of God. And if that's our desire, the Holy Spirit helps us in our pray. How? Well, here's the second half of verse 26. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. That's another word for praise for us with uh, groans that words cannot express. God could, I suppose, help us by bestowing on us supernatural knowledge so that we knew what we should pray for. We knew infallibly what God's will was and we prayed for that. He could have done that. But Instead, he chooses to offer us a kind of help that reminds us of our weakness and of our need. The Spirit helps us with inarticulate groans. Our groaning of uncertainty and weakness is matched by his groaning. We shouldn't picture the Holy Spirit of God Um, moaning and pain or anything like that. The the terminology here means that he says what we can't say in in words. We pray, Lord, I... We pray, oh God, will you... I don't know what to say. We pray... Lord, I ask, well, I, oh. a missionary couple in a country that's hostile to Christianity starts to feel the heat from the authorities. and They don't know whether they should pray, Lord, help us to get out of the country while we still can. Or Lord, we're going to stay, if that's your will, but protect us Or if they should pray that even if God doesn't keep them from suffering, that they suffer in such a way that is a credit to their king. They don't know how to pray. They want the home churches back in the States to pray for them, but not sure how to pray. And fortunately, God doesn't expect them to know, and he does not chide them or us because our our thoughts are unclear. He doesn't insist that we articulate pristine desires in perfect prayer language before he'll listen to us. He's content with our groans. And why shouldn't he be? It's his spirit who's groaning these God-exalting desires for us your uh, office copier breaks down. And you're not mechanically inclined, but you call the repair shop to see if they can tell you what the problem is, if you can do anything about it, but you quickly discover that you don't even know how to describe what's wrong. You don't know the names of the parts. You don't even know exactly what went wrong. You just know that the copier isn't working. So... The repair shop sends out a technician, while working on the machine, he calls the shop. But unlike you, he knows how to describe what's needed. He uses words you don't even understand, but the person at the shop does, and so the copier is repaired. Your need is met because somebody came and communicated to headquarters in words that you couldn't express. Prayer is a wonderful way in which the glory of God is preserved. Because when things get fixed, needs are met, and his kingdom advances, and all we did was pray, well, then it's obvious that he should get the glory. And when all we do is groan, Isn't it even more obvious? His is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. Would you bow with me? And I trust you'll agree that it makes sense for us to respond to these paragraphs by praying. So for intercession time today, I'm going to invites you to pray where you sit and whether you know the right words or not. Jesus gives us some of the words, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We might flesh that prayer out right now, asking that however seems best to him, he would help us to bring glory to his name. may not know what that looks like, you may not know what would glorify his name, but if that's your desire, the Spirit knows what to do with that desire. Jesus said to pray your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we don't know what his will is praying for our nation for example we don't know whether to pray for good government or to pray that God would give us the government that we deserve And so discipline us chastise us It doesn't really matter. Uh, The Spirit knows. And if the Spirit hears our tentative prayers, or even when we ask for the wrong thing, He can translate that and intercede for us, and the Father understands and hears. Give us this day our daily bread. I take as a request for all that we need. Ah, but what do we need? <laughs> need a miracle? Or do we need medical means? Do we need a raise? Or do we need to learn contentment? we need a change of circumstances or do we need a change in us that helps us face our circumstances well you pray what you will what you think you want trust that if you're off in some way the spirit within will translate that prayer into a petition that God can say yes to Forgive us our sins. Well, there's one that we don't need to wonder. Is that in line with God's will? His heart is filled with mercy and grace. But forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Might the Holy Spirit prompt some of us to repent of a spirit of unforgiveness, to let go some hurts, to remember that love overlooks a multitude of sins so clear the way for our our merciful God to show mercy to us. us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some temptations right around the corner, some evils that might be lurking in your life this week. You don't know about but the Spirit does. So when we make Jesus' words our own, even though we don't know exactly what that might entail, we can be confident that the mighty Holy Spirit does praise for us. Well, let's punctuate this season of prayer by praying the Lord's Prayer, but let's sing it, shall we? Would you open your hymnal with me to 631, 631, and we'll stand to sing. make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And once more, let all his people say, Amen.